listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Hey, Mission family. This is Pastor Jason here. I'm so glad you tuned into the Mission podcast today. We have a very special message from Shandon Thompson uh, for you today, and it was Shandon's first time speaking to us on Sunday morning, and she did such an incredible job. I mean, really incredible. There were amens coming from every corner of the room. But unfortunately, we had a technical difficulty in the sound booth and weren't able to get the message recorded on Sunday. And so, um, you know, these things happen sometimes. Uh, but we felt like the message was so important that we, we really wanted you to hear it. And so we asked Shannon to come in during the week and re-record it. And she was gracious enough to do that. And so we're really grateful for that. And uh, we pray that this message blesses you. It's not the easiest thing to do to preach a message to an empty room. But Shandon just brought this powerful word even the second time. And I pray that it blesses you. Uh, I hope your week is going well. God bless you. And uh, here's the message. God, we just come before you right now and we thank you for this time that we get to be together and to um, just allow you to be in this place and in our lives. God, we pray that you would be the one speaking through me, that if there's anything in me that would keep your word from being shared well, um, God, that you would just remove that and God, that your name would just be so glorified in the midst of this message and God, that you... Um, would just begin to move in our lives in really powerful ways in the way that we pray, pray and the way that we seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the topic that I'm going to talk about today is if God still answers our prayers. Um, as Christians, to some degree, we pretty much have to believe that God answers our prayers in one way or another because we, as Christians, we believe that God is still active and he's still alive and working in our lives today. Um, but I wanted to bring about the idea of what happens when we feel like we've prayed and God has been silent in our lives or we feel like God isn't listening or he hasn't answered our prayers. Um, I know that some of us have prayed for prayers that we feel like haven't been answered. People have prayed for healing and haven't seen healing happen. We've prayed for jobs that we didn't get. We've prayed for people to be saved that we haven't seen saved yet. Um, There's so many things that we've prayed for and we may feel this, um, this aspect of not, that our prayers aren't being answered. And I wanted to bring about the idea of if these prayers really aren't answered or if they're not answered in the way that we were anticipating. Did God say wait or did he say no instead of just saying yes? Um, also, there's I want to bring about the idea that maybe something totally different is um, making an impact on how our prayers are being answered. Um, to start, I want to just share some stories from my own personal life of how I've seen God answer prayers in my own life. And I want to bring it back to when I was in seventh grade. I, this was the time when I began to seek God on my own and began to see him as my father. And 
He showed up to me in a really funny way that still continues to this day, but these moments helped me to recognize that God heard me. And these, these instances that I'm gonna share with you really have no significance on the kingdom of God or necessarily anything that's spiritual at all. They kind of seem a little funny, but it was a way that I was able to see that God hears me and that God sees me. And this is important because if we don't believe that God hears us, then we don't believe that he can hear the prayers that we're praying that do have significance. So when I was in seventh grade, we were going into summer and I needed some new shorts and we were a little tight on money. And one day, it was just a thought that I had that I needed new shorts. I came home from school and there was a pair of shorts that was on my bed. And I thought they were somebody else's. I have three sisters and we have lots of people who are always coming over to our house. And so I just figured it was someone else's. And so I asked around, these shorts weren't anyone else's, but they fit me perfectly, which was actually kind of crazy because I was such a tiny person. No one's hand-me-downs fit me unless they were from years before whatever age they were at that moment. And I tried on these shorts, they fit me perfectly. And I asked my mom, I was like, surely somebody has put these shorts in my room and they knew that I just needed new shorts. And my mom has no idea where they came from. And so I had these new shorts that was awesome for me because I needed new shorts for the summer. But in that moment, I realized, I thought, I think God gave me these shorts. And Fast forward a few months, winter comes around and I need a pair of jeans. And I'm like, God, I need a pair of jeans. And one day I came home from school and there was a pair of jeans in my drawer that fit me perfectly. And again, I go around and ask everybody where these jeans came from and no one has any idea where they came from, but I got a new pair of jeans. And since this time, there are things that I just receive all the time. Um, and it's so much to the point that my family makes this joke that I get whatever I want because things will just come to me if I ever ask for them. Um, even a few months ago, we were at an event and they were giving away an Alamanuk gift card for an ice cream shop. And it was $50, which is a significant amount of money to an ice cream shop. And as I was sitting there, I was like, God, if you give me this gift card, I'll take someone to get ice cream with me every time I go. And... I won the gift card, and so I took somebody to get ice cream with me all the time, and I got a lot of ice cream. Um, also, when I was in college, I was reading through the Old Testament, and I was reading through some passages where people were praying blessings over um, the people in their community. And I thought, wow, this is a really cool thing. I've, I don't know that I've ever really thought about it that way. And I had been living with a family who had been really generous to me, and they had done so many things for me and um, really taking care of me while I was in college. And they were kind of like a family away from home. And I prayed that God would bless them. And a week later, their neighbor came over and gave them a car for free. And I was thinking, wow, that is so cool. Well, now my husband and I are here in Loma Linda and my husband's in medical school. And before we started medical school, I was praying for Jordan to get into just one school for medical school, which is kind of a crazy thing to pray for because medical school is an incredibly challenging thing to get into. Also, it didn't seem realistic for me to pray for that because my husband is 
an incredibly talented person and had a great application, so it didn't even seem realistic in that sense. But we had heard so many people tell stories of going into medical school and it being such a stressful time and having a really negative impact on their marriages and on their personal lives. And I just wanted to know that we were exactly where God wanted us to be and that we wouldn't be in the middle of medical school facing the stress of it and questioning if we had made a good decision and where we were at. So as we go through the process of the applying, I never told Jordan I prayed for him to only get into one school because I feel like that'd be kind of defeating for your wife to tell you that they only want you to get into one place. And Jordan was, I told Jordan, don't even worry about applying to places in California because I'm from Colorado and he's from Oregon and we love the mountains from back where we're at. And while we have beautiful mountains here, it's just not quite the same. And we were ready to be in a place where we weren't quite in as big of a city. And I was like, don't even bother applying to schools in California. He's like, well, I'm at least gonna apply to two schools in California. And I was like, okay, fine. That's fine if you apply to two schools because there's so many other schools you applied for. It doesn't, there's no way we're gonna be in California. Well, as time passes, we found out that Jordan got accepted to Loma Linda. And at that moment, I was like, well, definitely God is not only going to let us get into one school then because there's no way we're staying in Southern California. And especially Loma Linda, the only things I had heard from people about the Inland Empire was that it was the armpit of California. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, there's no way God is only going to let us get into one school then. Well, time continues to progress, and Jordan didn't get into any other schools other than Loma Linda. And so we came to Loma Linda for medical school, and I couldn't believe that that happened. And this is a way that God answered my prayer exactly as I had prayed for. I prayed that Jordan would get into one medical school. I didn't think it'd be Loma Linda, but it was. And I was so frustrated at first because I was like, how could we be going to Loma Linda? Like, I want to go back to Colorado or Oregon or somewhere else that's green and beautiful. And this is where God placed us. And it has been so incredible to see how God has provided for us here and how this is exactly where God has put us for this time in our lives. Um, And it's been so incredible to see that. Um, Well, as I talk about that, where where I bring up that idea of when God answers our prayer, but it looks a little different than what we thought, um, I want to bring about this idea of what the will of God is. And when we read through the Bible, we see this phrase, the will of God, many times. And um, we see in Luke 22, 42, it says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. And this is a moment where Jesus is on the cross, and he is saying, God, please, I would rather not have this happen to me. And he's suffering a horrible death. And, but he's saying in that moment, if this is your will, let your will be done and not my will. And while God doesn't want him to be suffering the way that he is, this was the only way for us to be forgiven of our sins. And so not that God's will was that he was suffering and going through this horrible experience, but that was the only way that for us, we can experience the grace and the forgiveness of God and to walk in that and to live in that. 
um, later in, in math or in Matthew 6:10, I guess it's not later. Um, it says, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And this is a passage where Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he tells us that we should be praying that God's kingdom come, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I wanna take you back to this story in Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet, and Habakkuk brought up about Jesus. He was really disturbed by what was happening in the community around him. He was seeing people that were so filled with evil. Babylon was really oppressing his people. And there was so much evil that they were doing and there was so much corruption. And Habakkuk was saying, God, how could you be gracious and loving and let these things happen to these people? And Habakkuk cried out to God over and over again, crying out for help, crying out for deliverance for his people, crying out for some sort of redemption to happen. And he felt like God was not listening to him. He said, Lord, how must I call out for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. And he later says, why are you so silent? He continued to cry out to God for, for redemption for his people, for for some sort of um, deliverance for his people and he didn't feel like God was doing anything about it. And later God responds to him and he's basically saying to, to Habakkuk, I do hear you and I do see you and I will bring deliverance to your people. I will bring redemption and restoration, but I need these things to happen before that comes about. And God actually uses Babylon to bring redemption and restoration for these people. And he even says eventually he'll bring wrath upon Babylon. Um, and in that, Habakkuk begins to see that God is listening to him, that God sees him and that God hears his prayers and that God is a God of mercy. And Habakkuk is in awe of how awesome God is and how God knows what is ahead way beyond what we do as human beings. Um, and as humans, I don't know that we will ever fully be able to say that we know exactly what God's will is. There's so many things that happen on our earth that can be super confusing, um, where there's so much suffering and there's so much evil, just like we see when, what, with what Habakkuk is talking about. Um, and so there's one element where we can't fully understand what the will of God is in all circumstances. but. Even in those situations where we don't necessarily know the exact answer or know exactly what God's will is, he does bring peace even in the places of confusion. Um, one way that we're able to um, have a better understanding of what the will of God is, is to be in relationship with God. When we spend time with God, we're able to know his heart to a different degree and to know the will of God to a, a better understanding. Even though we may not always know what it is exactly, being with God and being in a relationship with him gives us this understanding of his will in a completely different way. Um, when Jesus was here on earth, he repeatedly shows us the importance of spending time alone with God. He goes up onto the mountain and he prays and fasts alone over and over again. Um, when we spend time with God, 
God reveals his heart to us. He reveals his desires, his love for us, his love for his people to us. Um, and in this time that we spend with God, we build a relationship with God. And that is the most important thing when we're praying and when we're asking God of things, is that our relationship with him is the first thing that we're dealing with, the first thing that we're seeking is a relationship. We're not seeking an answered prayer, but we're seeking God and we're seeking his will and for what he wants to have happen to have happen. In Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we spend this time with God, we have an understanding of what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. When we spend time with God alone, I want you to consider when you're seeking God, when you're spending time with him, if you're only seeking him to have a prayer answered or if you're seeking him to have that relationship with him. Because the relationship with him is really what should be coming first. God tells us to ask things of him. He tells us to pray and he tells us that he'll answer our prayers and that he'll give us the things that we're asking for. But that's not the reason why we're seeking God. That's not the reason why we spend time with him. I also wanna ask if when you're spending time with God, are you seeking him both in the times of your life that are good or also in the times of your life that are bad? Is God just a last resort for you? Or are you seeking him in the midst of the times where you feel like everything is working for you, everything is working for your family? Because even in these times where we feel like everything is going well and we're hopeful, and we feel like our hearts are filled, there are still so many other people that we need to be praying for and we need to be continuing to seek God, to know God and to just love him and to let him love us. Um, I Sometimes I feel like we can seek God just when we get to this point in our lives where we feel like we don't have any other options and we only seek him when we get to that point where we, we've tried everything we possibly can and then finally we'll seek God. Where we need to be seeking him in the whole process of what we're going through in every circumstance in our lives. And in the same way, when we're asking God for things, God does tell us to ask of him, but we don't just come to God to ask him for things because if we think about a friendship or a relationship we have here on earth, if we had a friend who the only times they ever came to us and the only time they ever spent with us was to ask us for something, to ask us to take care of their kids, to ask, them, ask us to fix their car, to ask us to clean their house, to ask us for money, probably we wouldn't have a relationship with this person for very long because that's not a fulfilling relationship. When we have a relationship, we know people intimately, we know them well, we know what's going on in their lives, we know their hearts, their dreams. And if all you're ever be having in a relationship is to be being asked of something, there's no substance to that relationship. When you spend time with God and you just seek God to know him, our lives are radically changed. We begin to see God's heart. We begin to see um, God's love and his grace and his mercy for his people in an incredible way. We're not, we don't just seek him to have prayers answered, but we begin to see him in everything that we're doing. When we're at the grocery store, we see the people that are in need who are standing in line with us. When we're walking around our neighborhoods, we see 
people's families and we can see the pain and we can see the suffering in them when we pray for them. And we have a different way that we see everything in our lives. Um, when, one way that I try to spend time with God that I seek just the relationship with God is I call them dates with God. And this is a time where I do something that I would do with someone else that I think is fun, where I just go and spend time with God and doing something that I think is fun and an enjoyable experience. And before I go, I dedicate that time as time that I'm spending with God. So I don't let other people come into that time. It's just a time with me and God. And in that time, I'm able to just talk with God about what's happening in life. And it's not necessarily just a prayer asking him of something, but it's just going about life and bringing God into the midst of every circumstance and every situation. I also just wanna bring about, um, when we pray, when we are praying to God, when we're on the mountain and we're praying to God, are we praying in a way where we are just trying to have a prayer answered that's going to bring more comfort to our own lives? Or are we praying for things that are gonna bring glory and honor to God, that are gonna exalt God? Are we praying for healing just to have somebody's life better and to have their life um, become more easy? Or are we praying that God is able to come in that person's life so that they can see the love and the grace and the mercy of God. Um, when we pray, we should be praying in a way that we are praying for God's name to be glorified, for him to be honored, and for him to be lifted high in those moments. So back to what I was talking about of being with God on the mountain, this is such an important thing that we incorporate in every day of our lives because when we are with God on the mountain we're saying no to the rest of the things of the world and we're saying yes to God we're saying that we are willing to put aside every worry that we have every physical need that we have we're willing to say that we're not going to work extra hours in order to spend time with God we're willing to say that we are going to um not be so concerned about the things that are causing us stress and anxiety, but we're saying, God, this is your time. This is my time with you, and I'm leaving everything else behind. I'm not, I'm leaving television behind. I'm leaving social media. Anything that's causing distraction that's not bringing us to God, we're saying, no, I'm not letting that be a part of my life right now, and I'm giving all of my focus and all of my attention to God and my relationship with him. When we spend time on the mountain with God, it's so important we spend this time with him because we're filled with faith in that time. We're filled with hope for the things that we're praying for. We're filled with hope for our own lives and for the lives of the people around us. Um, when we are in the presence of God, we begin to understand the love that God has for us and the love for his people. And we're able to, that is what starts overflowing out of our lives. When we look back on, the, on Moses, Moses spent so much time with God and was in such an intimate relationship with God that his face actually began glowing while he was up on the mountain. Our hearts and our lives are completely transformed when we spend this time that's just focused on God. 
And it also just opens our eyes to how we can be praying, to how powerful and how awesome God is. Because we serve a God that is greater than every single thing that we face here on this earth. He's able to answer all of our prayers. And he's able to do anything that we could ask or possibly imagine. And when we spend this time with him, we begin to see that wonder, that awe, that power, that glory that God has. Um, which is such an incredible thing. Um, now, when we talk about the will of God, we have to also examine, is everything that happens on earth the will of God? And I don't believe that everything that happens is the will of God. I know that there's some people who have, who have so much hurt and pain and bitterness because they've been told that the things that they've gone through are because it's God's will for their life. People who have been abused, who someone has said that this is God's will for them. I don't believe that's true. There's also the devil that we're facing when we're here. And there's an enemy that we're facing who's trying to come and kill and steal and destroy. In John 10.10 it says, the thief comes only to kill or to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that I may have life, that you may have life and have it to the full. And then in James 1, 7, 17, in contrast to this, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting of shadows. So God speaks things over our lives. He um, is able to tell us things that are to come that he is going to give to us, but there's also an enemy who's trying to steal and bring destruction to those things. And we have to be aware of that spiritual warfare that's going on in our lives because if we're not aware of it, there are things that will be taken from us that God has said that he will give to us because the enemy is coming to kill and steal and destroy them. Um, I was thinking about this just like if we were preparing for some sort of fight or battle. If somebody told us that we were stronger and more well-equipped and better than our opponent, but then when we went out to have this battle, we just stood there, obviously they would defeat us because we didn't do anything. And if we are, if we have this same thing happen in our spiritual walks, in our spiritual, in the spiritual warfare that's happening, God has given us all authority in heaven and earth to say that God is victorious, to, to um, speak victory over our lives and over the things that we're dealing with and the, what the people around us are dealing with. And if we don't have an awareness of this spiritual attack that's also happening, we are not fighting against it. We're not covering ourselves and our families and our friends and our communities with prayer and to speak victory and to speak life into those things that the enemy is coming to try to destroy. Don't let the enemy steal from you what God has said that he's giving to you. Another thing that can impact our prayers is the sin that's in our own lives. When we allow sin to be a part of our lives and we know that we're doing things that are sinful and we continue walking in those things, we are limiting the way that God is able to work in our lives and the way that he's able to um, bring about the answer to the prayers that we are praying for. If we're praying for freedom from addiction in our lives, but yet we keep going and putting ourselves in situations where we're around the substances that we're addicted to, how is God able, 
God can definitely answer that prayer, but we need to also be active in making sure that we are trying to take that sin out of our lives. If we are praying for purity in our lives and our relationships with our boyfriend or our girlfriend, but yet we keep putting ourselves in a situation where we are alone and we're in places that are private where there aren't other people around and we know we're struggling with that, we're setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting ourselves up to let the enemy come in and steal that situation. When God is saying, I will give those things to you and you seek me and you, when you seek me, you will see that I'm working in those moments. We have to take the sin out of our lives in order to allow God to fully work and move in the prayers that we're praying for. There's a passage in um, John 9.31 that says, we know that God does not listen to the sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And even with how we're praying, we, this is showing that there would not have been healing in this situation if God was not moving through Jesus. If God was not a part of that, then there would be no way the man would be healed of the blindness. So when we take the sin out of our lives, God's able to make us holy. God's able to make us in a way that we are pure in his sight, that he can continue working and moving in us. And when we take the sin out of our lives and we seek God first, he is able to, our minds are open to what he's wanting to do. Our hearts are open to what he's wanting to do. If we continue walking in sin, our first thought of our day, our first thought is not, what God's will is, what God wants to be doing in our lives and in the lives of the people around us and how we can be serving them. But we're, we're instead putting sin in that place and we're putting things that are not of God. Um, another way that, another thing that is also sin is just not putting God first. The first commandment is putting, honoring God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we need to be sure that we are honoring God with our lives and that we're seeking him, that we love him, that we're seeking a relationship with him. When you spend time with God, when you spend that time on the mountain with God, sin begins to fade away from your life because that's not of God. And the more we spend time with God, the more we become like him. First um, John 3, 9 says, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. So how do we know if God is answering our prayers today? We know that God is answering our prayers because we can, one, pray without ceasing. When we pray without ceasing, prayer is just like breath to us. We are praying in every circumstance in our life. Every moment of our day, we are seeking God and we're praying. And when we are praying without ceasing, we begin to see God answering our prayers. We are praying against that spiritual warfare that's happening. And we begin to see God in those moments. Um, Also, we need to give thanks to God. God has answered so many of our prayers that I think sometimes we don't realize he's answered because we're not coming in a place of thankfulness and looking at our lives with thanksgiving. When we begin to thank God for the things that are in our lives and the situations that he has brought about in our lives, the circumstances that we're in, 
we begin to see just how many prayers God has answered. When we see that, um, when we're thanking God for the family that he's given to us, for the job he's given to us, maybe it's not our dream job, but it, he's providing for us and he's giving us what we need on a day-to-day basis to take care of ourselves and our families. When we begin to come to God with thanks, we give God glory and honor and we, we begin to see just how much he's answering our prayers. Also, we have to spend time with God to have a relationship with him first. When we are spending time with God, we also see him answering our prayers because we are looking for what he's doing. We are aware that he is working and that he's moving in our lives. We are not blinded to the fact that he's working and moving. And when we spend time with him, we see what he's doing and what he wants to be doing. God will teach us how to pray and what to pray for. And when we are with him, he gives us his heart for his people. Instead of being filled with anger, instead of being filled with frustration, with the circumstances in our lives and the things that people are doing, God shows us the love that he has for the people that we are frustrated and angry with. God begins to show us what they're going through so that we can pray for them and that we can have love and compassion on them, even in the midst of times that we feel frustrated. In prayers that we feel like they're unanswered, God brings peace. When we are with God and we have um, an intimate relationship with God, he brings peace even in the situations where we feel like our prayers are unanswered. As I was praying over this sermon, I really felt like there's some people who are listening who have had this feeling that God hasn't answered their prayers, that God hasn't, um, that God has remained silent in times they've been crying out to them, to him. And there's people I think that have bitterness and anger that have been stored up in their hearts towards God because they haven't seen certain situations of prayer be answered. There have been moments that we've gone through in our lives that have been so hard and so trying. We've seen people in our lives that we love that have been going through so much suffering and we've put that on God and we've said that this is God's fault, that God is the reason why this is happening and we've been told even that that God has brought this about in our lives and I just wanted to pray over people who are feeling like this, that are feeling like God hasn't answered their prayers and to remind you that God is loving, that God is kind, that God is generous, that God cares about the little things like the random pieces of clothing, and God cares about our hearts and our lives and our well-being. He cares about the people, our every single thing about us, the things that seem big and the things that seem small. And I just wanted to remind you today that God is powerful, that God is able to do anything that we could ever ask or imagine and to encourage you and to fill you with hope for the fact that God is able to answer the prayers that you are praying for. If you feel like God isn't answering your prayers, Ask people around you to pray with you and to continue in prayer. Pray against spiritual warfare. Pray for sin to be removed from your life. Pray that God's name would be glorified in the things that you're praying for and that God would be honored and lifted high in those moments and that that would be a way that you're able to share with people the love that God has for them. So I just wanna pray today as we close up. Um, God, we thank you so much 
for the fact that you are God that is loving, that is gracious, that is kind. God, we thank you that you see us in our lives. You see the pain that we've gone through. You see what we're suffering through. You see the joy that we're going through. God, you see everything that's happening in our lives. And God, you tell us to seek you. God, you tell us to um, ask and that you will hear us and that you will answer the prayers that we pray. You have given us all authority in heaven and earth to pray um, for your will to be done here on this earth, to pray for the sick and watch them be healed. God, we just pray that we would come before you and pray boldly. God, that we would pray for things that that feel scary for us to pray for because they seem like something that is so big and so great. Um, God, I pray for boldness to pray for those things. And God, that you would bring healing, that you would bring deliverance. God, that you would bring freedom from addiction. God, that you would bring healing in circumstances where people are holding on to bitterness and anger. That you would bring healing to marriages that are, that are broken and that are falling apart. God, in circumstances where we feel like the prayer that we're praying is just too big, that you would remind us that you are greater than all things, that you are able to do anything. And God, I just pray that we would be reminded of your love and your grace and your mercy, and that we would seek you and know your heart, that we would know your desires for our lives and for the lives of the people around us, and that we would be your hands and your feet here on this earth. We pray these things in your holy and mighty name. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.